you're like elbowing your parents. Uh, what, what is that? Uh, it used to be this thing that would, would arrive on your doorstep with the day's news, and now you, you just get that on, online. But uh, newspaper editors would have to, to sift through all of these stories and decide uh, what was most important and, and where uh, information belonged. All right, now we're, we're getting it here. Uh, and so, uh, as a newspaper editor, where would they put the most important uh, stories? What would that, yeah, front page, uh, above the fold, uh, big letters, uh, because that is what was most important. That's what people needed to see first. Uh, and as we come to, to the Psalms, this, this collection of, uh, of, of individual songbooks, you, they were composed over a period of 900 years. You have Moses who wrote uh, Psalm 90, uh, and then you have uh, psalms that were written after the return from exile, somewhere around 400 B.C. Uh, so you have the, this large collection of individual songs, and then after they were all written, you had an editor, someone who took these individual psalms and put them in a particular order. Uh, and he had a, a big responsibility of deciding how he was going to present it and, and what order he was going to present it. So anytime we come to a psalm, we should ask ourselves, why is this psalm right here? Uh, and, and as we get to Psalm 1 and we ask that question, uh, he, he's beginning Psalm 1, uh, which is actually, I think, uh, in partnership with, with Psalm 2, to form an introduction to uh, the Hebrew songbook. Uh, they, they are the front page news uh, of, as you approach this, this, this book that is composed of, of prayer, of, of worship songs, of praise to God, of just times where you cry out to God, asking, Lord, what is happening right now? I have no idea what's going on, how you're working, but I'm going to trust in you. All of these emotions uh, that we normally see in Psalms, we see that in the book of Psalms. And, and the editor of the Psalms decided to put all of that, uh, or to put these two Psalms at the beginning, because they, they make it an introduction, to, and they introduce us to what is most important about the Psalms. The, the Psalms were, were written by uh, people who believed in God, and they were written uh, to others and for others who believe in God. Uh, and in the middle of life's difficult circumstances, they are intended to, to give hope and to bring uh, trust in the Lord and in his word. And when we come to Psalm 1, we see what is most important, uh, and that is to, to build upon God's word rather than upon your own wisdom or upon the counsel uh, of others. Uh, and as we, as we see uh, Psalm 1, uh, if you look at the little the title on your, uh, if you have a title above the psalm in your Bible, what are some of the, the, the titles that we have? Talk to me. The two ways. Okay, what else? The way of the righteous and the wicked. Anybody have anything different than that? The, wi- the righteous and the wicked contrasted. Easy for you to say. Uh, okay, anybody have any, anything else? So, so what we're going to see is, is this comparison and this contrasting of, of two different directions. Uh, we're also going to see two different descriptions, and we're going to see two different destinies of one who, one who builds upon uh, the, the counsel of the wicked compared to one who builds upon uh, the word of God. Uh, and this is, this is so important as we, as we read in our scripture reading today. The king of Israel, what was he supposed to do? He was supposed to make a handwritten copy of the first five books of the Bible. Uh, can, you, can you imagine doing that? My hand gets tired uh, just thinking about that. He was supposed to, uh, to write it, have it checked by the, the, the Levites, uh, and then read it how many days? All, all the days of his life. How important that would be. That would be like asking our, our president, 
uh, and all of our congressmen and all of our government officials to make a handwritten copy of the Constitution and read it daily. That might be beneficial. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, but but that's, that's how important this was and what God commanded the king of Israel to do. And then, uh, as Moses has passed away and the people are, are going through this huge change in leadership from Moses to Joshua, what does God instruct Joshua to do? Say, this, this word that I've given you, uh, you're to focus on it. You, you are to, to meditate on it day and night. Uh, it, it's to, to be what preoccupies you uh, and you think about it and you build your life upon it. And what did, he, what did he promise Joshua? If you do this, you will have success. You, you will have a prosperous way. Uh, not to say that if you follow the word of God, nothing else will be right. You can just look at Psalm 3 and see uh, the, the righteous uh, crying out to the Lord. But... But let's begin to just to look at, at Psalm 1 briefly uh, and kind of talk through it uh, together. There's going to be three sections. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see two directions, two descriptions, and two destinies. And we'll just look at, at, at each uh, you know, two verses at a time. So it'll be on the slides behind me if you don't have your Bible. If you have your Bible, look along with me. Uh, beginning in verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. So uh, to begin with, uh, the psalmist lays out, hey, there's two directions that you can go. One way is, is to follow the, the, the counsel of the wicked. Uh, and it's interesting that he, he kind of has a progression here. Of uh, He talks about... Uh, the, the counsel of the wicked, uh, in essence, of how, how we, if you're going to be influenced in your thinking, if you're going to hear that, that counsel uh, and respond to it, and then uh, what would naturally be next after that would be uh, your actions. Nor stands in the way of, of sinners. Uh, of, you're going to you act based upon what you think. Uh, there's a progression there. And then uh, in the seat, uh, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Of, there's the idea of belonging. Okay, so how you, how you think will impact how you act, and then how you act is going to impact who you belong with, who you are comfortable with, and who you are going to associate with. Uh, and it's interesting, if he begins this, it says, blessed is the man, which is really a way of saying happy. Happy is the man who, and then he doesn't begin with a positive description, He's, he, all of these negative uh, descriptions of it. Uh, happy is the person who doesn't do this, who doesn't do this, who doesn't do this, which is an interesting way of uh, explaining what uh, a happy person looks like. Uh, usually I would do it the opposite. A happy person you know, does these things and thinks this way or does it, but uh, it, there's, a, there's a blessedness and, and a joy and a happiness that comes in avoiding things as well. Uh, and it says, happy is the man, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. And that is contrasted with something positive. Uh, this, this blessed individual, this person who, uh, who is happy, uh, his delight is in the law. And that word for law would literally just be instruction. Uh, his, he delights in the instruction of God, uh, which is going to God's word. Uh, for, for Moses, what he had at that point in time was the books that he had written, the first five books. For Joshua, it was the same. But you and I have the Old Testament, the New Testament, and that is what we are to, to delight in. Uh, and his delight is in the law of the Lord. You can say that there should be a, a preoccupation 
uh, with uh, God's word, and if you are preoccupied with God's word, there will be a pleasure that that comes with that because you are your thinking is being transformed. So contrast uh, the the wicked man who, who's being influenced by uh, others who are uh, leading him astray. The righteous person, the person who's blessed and happy, is being impacted by it. His thinking is influenced by God's word. If you keep your your fingers here in Psalm one. Uh, you can turn over to the book of Romans, uh, Romans chapter 12, uh, and we'll see uh, the Apostle Paul uh, echoing this same truth uh, in the New Testament. Let's look at Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Paul writes, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And then he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So, so what Paul is saying there is we're, we're supposed to test and understand what is the will of God. Well, how do we know that? Do we throw out dice? Uh, you know, do we uh, say, okay, Lord, show me a sign. Uh, you know, give, give me something. Uh, to see, well, how do we know God's will for our lives? Well, we're, we're, we're holding it in our hands. This is how God has, has spoken to us. And if you want to understand God's will, you, we, we go to how he's communicated to us, to his word. Uh, and what we're commanded here in Romans 12 is don't, don't be conformed to, to the world and its way of thinking, but be transformed by, by what? By uh, the renewal of your mind. Uh, and that comes by going to God's word. Uh, and going back to, to Psalm uh, 1, uh, it says, uh, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And that word for meditates uh, is the idea of muttering to yourself. Uh, I, I do that. It's funny, Bruce and I were walking into Fred Meyer uh, today to, to get a, ice and, and a couple other things uh, this morning. Uh, and, what, you know, if you don't have a, a shopping list written down, what do you typically do as you walk into the store? Yeah, you're like, okay, I need, I need this, 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 this. Yeah, so that you're, you're muttering to yourself. You're, you're meditating upon what it is you, you need to get when you walk into the store. Uh, and that's the idea here of as you go about your day, you are thinking about God's word. You're, you're reciting a, a verse to yourself. You're remembering what, what it was you read in your devotions. You're like, I'm, I'm supposed to remember what I read? Yeah, it may be a good thing to, to occasionally kind of review and say, what, what did I read yesterday? What did I read today? Uh, how, how should that impact my life? So you're, you're constantly uh, kind of muttering and meditating upon the word of God. Even if people look at you crazy, like, why is that person always talking to himself? Like, I'm meditating on the word. Uh, this, is, this is what God calls me uh, to do. And, and that's the, the picture uh, that we see here. Uh, and again, contrasted these two different directions uh, of where, where are we most influenced? Are we most influenced by by the world around us, by the counsel of the wicked, or are we most influenced by God's word? Uh, and those are naturally going to be competing, and those are, those are naturally going to, to go against uh, one another. It's, like, it's pretty much whatever the, whatever the world is proclaiming, I, I, can, I can make a bet that the complete opposite of that is what God's word would teach. Uh, they're not like they're they're going in somewhat of a similar direction, and they kind of get further and further apart. They are they're conflicting. Uh, we and we need to to understand that. And if we are truly living uh, 
according to God's word rather than the counsel of the wicked. We're going we're gonna to bump into others because we're going in a completely different direction. Uh, so we naturally need to ask ourselves, which, which direction am I going? And then uh, to give us uh, uh, an illustration or to paint us a picture, the psalmist then in verses 3 and 4 uh, talks through uh, two, two descriptions, two uh, illustrations. So uh, let's, let's look at verses 3 and 4. Look up there. It says, He, meaning that the blessed man, is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. So the, the, the two vivid pictures that we see here are... are uh, First, the, the righteous man is, is like a tree that, that's firmly planted. And he makes, I guess you could say, five, five little comments on what this tree is like. It's, uh, it has stability. Okay? It, it's, it is planted. All right? Have you ever, any of you ever tried to, to move a tree or to uproot a tree? Uh, it's a lot of work. Uh, I remember you know, trying to, to dig a, a tree out one time, and it was just... Uh, I broke a sweat. Uh, it was not easy. Uh, trees are they're planted firmly, and then they're... They, this tree is planted by streams of water. It, it has vitality. It has life in it. Uh, then thirdly, uh, it says that streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. It, it has productivity. Uh, the, the person who is rooted in God's word will, will be productive and bear fruit. Fourth, uh, in, it, in its leaf uh, does not wither. There's going to be a durability to the person who is built and rooted in God's word. Uh, and, and the person who, who knows God's word, who knows God's will, isn't going to be uh, driven away at any point soon. They're, they're going to be attached to Christ, our cornerstone, our solid rock. Uh, and there's a, that durability. And then fifthly, at the end of verse uh, 3, he says, In all that he does, he prospers. There's a prosperity that comes with those who, who build uh, upon uh, the Word of God. Uh, again, if you keep your, your finger there, uh, turn over with me to Psalm 92. Uh, let's look at uh, verses 12 to 15. The psalmist writes, The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. This, again, multiple times in Scripture we see this picture of the righteous being like, uh, like a tree planted. And then contrast this uh, with, with verse 4. So we have all of this that's said about uh, the, the righteous. He's like a tree. He, he bears fruit. He's not going to be uh, blown away. And then just verse 4. But the wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. There's not much else to say about chaff. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it's blown away by the slightest breeze. Uh, and it's, it's going to any kind of adversity. It, it's going to be gone. Uh, and, and that's what the, the wicked are are like, and it's amazing just to to see how much time the psalmist spends talking about the tree, and then he just says, "Yeah, the chaff are blown away." That's about it. We don't need to say much else. Uh, and it's again, even even that talks about uh, chaff. And 
what, what's interesting is we see, uh, again, we can examine our own, our own lives and say, am I usually tossed about or am I usually planted? Uh, and if you're usually tossed about and you're, you're driven away by the slightest breeze, then you may not have built and established your life upon God's word, but you may be going in your own way and in your own path. And then uh, if, if uh, those who, who fear the Lord, who build upon his word, are like a tree, when you come to church, what should it be like going to? should be like going to a forest, right? I mean, you're going and you're around, around others who are firmly planted in God's word. How many of you have ever driven to Boise from uh, the Twin Falls area, right? Uh, you know what, what that area looks like coming up here, right? It's very, what color is it typically? Brown, brown. yes. It, it's, it's very brown. Uh, is there a whole lot of trees on the landscape? What does it look like? Yeah, desert, dirt, nothing. Uh, but then as, as you come into, uh, into the, the Treasure Valley, what do you see? You see trees. Well, and what is, where does Boise get its name? No, it is the, the city of trees because when you come in that direction, suddenly you, uh, you see trees. And as soon as you see trees, what does that mean? Water. There's water here uh, because trees can't grow without water. And, and that is what uh, it should be like to come to, to church on a Sunday morning. Uh, of you, it, you've been in the wilderness. It's it's been it's been desolate. You've been around those who have just been dry, uh, kind of driven away by like chaff, like tumbleweeds. Have you ever seen tumbleweeds along the freeway, just kind of going and going and going? Uh, it should be like that. You've been out in the wilderness, and then you come to church. You come to where God's people are and where they congregate on a Sunday morning or at any given time, and it's like you go into a forest. Hey, hey, there's 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 shade here. There's people who are firmly rooted, firmly planted, and grounded in God's word. There, there's a durability, a productivity, uh, a, a stability, and and prosperity that comes with with being in and around God's people. And that's why, again, the psalmist is leading with this. This is what is most important in life. The the psalmist wants you to understand. Hey, th- this is what is most important. Of which which category of people are you are you in? Are you with? God among the righteous, or are you with the wicked who are rebelling against him? Those are, he paints two amazing pictures of, hey, a tree and then chaff, and then uh, verses 5 and 6, he paints two destinies. Uh, let's look at those verses. He says, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And, and interestingly, we see, hey, there's a contrast here. How did the psalm begin? With the word blessed. Blessed is the man. This is what he looks like. And then uh, contrast that with, with the end of the psalm. What does it end with? Perish. You, you see the, the, the two, the summation of all of this is, hey, we have someone who's blessed, who's happy, and another who, who's going to, to perish. And this speaks of two, two different destinies. Uh, and in verse 5, when he says, Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment... Uh, he's speaking of the final judgment. Uh, and in, in that day, uh, those who have rejected God, who have rejected Christ, uh, look at what they don't have. They will not stand in the judgment. They have no, no justification with the judge. Uh, they will not, or said, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. So again, kind of going back to that illustration of the forest, uh, th- those who have rejected God and rejected Christ, they, 
They have no congregation. They are not among God's people. They are in the desert rather than in the forest. They are not a part of a community. They have no communion. And then ultimately at the end of verse 6, it says, but the way of the wicked will perish. They also have no hope. There is no hope for them because they have rejected the only hope that they could have for their salvation, which is Christ. And... Uh, interestingly enough, again, of, so anytime we come to the Old Testament, who, who is it initially written to? It was initially written to Israel, yeah, and, and to, to people who were, uh, who, who were God's chosen people. They belonged to God. Uh, and, and so, but who is this written to? To Israel. So here you have uh, an Israelite speaking to Israel, and he's saying, hey, th- there may be some among us who, who build upon God's word, who... who are counted among the righteous, uh, and there are others who are wicked, who, who are going their own way and, and rejecting God. And he's saying there's two God's people, uh, and oftentimes we, we think uh, um, that everybody necessarily in, in the church may have a relationship with God. I think the same warning goes to us of, hey, examine ourselves. What am I building my, my life on? Even if you've been coming to church for years and years. It's, it's always an appropriate question to ask. Have I built my life upon God's word? That's, the psalmist is, is speaking to Israel here saying, hey, beware, Wh- which one are you building upon? Uh, and at the end of this, this psalm, you, you can't help but kind of ask yourself, well, which, where do I stand? Which one am I? Am I counted among the, the wicked or am I counted among the righteous? And look at, look at the beginning of verse 6. It says, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous. And and that word knows is the idea of always knows. God is always continually aware of what is happening with his people. And, and he watches their, their steps. And, and when they step into, uh, I guess, uh, the courtroom to stand before him at the final judgment, he will, he will care for them then and know them then in the same way that he has their entire life. But, but the wicked don't have that. Those who have rejected Christ don't have that. Uh, and that, that is what is is so serious as we as we come to this today is the psalmist at the very beginning is saying the most important thing is what are you basing your life upon uh, and then if you if you look at just at, at Psalm two again like I said they they go together uh, Psalm one begins with a beatitude blessed is the man uh, and and Psalm two ends with a beatitude uh, and let's just let's just look at Psalm two verse twelve. Uh, well, actually, let's look at 10, starting in verse 10. Uh, Psalm 2, the, the psalmist writes, Now therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, or pay homage to the Son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled, but blessed are all who take refuge in him. And we'll talk more about that psalm uh, next week. But this reality of the, the two most important truths that the psalmist wants us to understand is that we need to build our lives upon God's word and then we need to take refuge in God's son, Jesus. We need to pay homage to him. We need to, uh, to kiss the son in that Hebrew idiom. 
Uh, that, that is what is most important. And this, this psalm naturally challenges us with that question of, of, of where do I stand with God based upon those two things. Those are the, the two most important truths, and everything else in the psalms is going to echo that reality of uh, are you building your life upon the word? Are you worshiping God? Are you paying homage to Christ as the Son, as God's chosen King? Or are you going your own way? Uh, and uh, what we... We need to examine that as, an, as individuals, but then also, again, like I said, as a church, we, we need to be that force. We need to be that, hey, when people gather here, even people who aren't familiar with the church, when they come, do they see a forest, or does it still seem like the desert? Uh, and and as, an individ, as individuals, we need to be basing our life upon the Word, and, and as a church, we want to base our entire church life on God's Word. Uh, it, it's not just, it's not my wisdom. I'm, I'm not a an abnormally wise person. Uh, I'm, I'm a foolish person. I, I learn from my own mistakes, uh, or at least I try to. Uh, and But the reality of, as a, as a pastor, as a preacher, I'm, I am called to not come up here and, and speak and present my own ideas, but I'm called to present what God's Word says, uh, to echo what it says to you, because uh, you want to come and, and hear from, from God's Word. You don't want to come and hear from me. So, so as a church, one of our our core values, and over the next sub, several weeks, uh, we're going to be talking through the Psalms, but Psalms that highlight uh, our four uh, core values uh, as a church, uh, and we're kind of doing them out of order, but the order that we, ha- we, we typically want to hold them in would be, number one is worship, uh, and they're alliterated because I'm a, I'm a pastor, uh, and it's easier to remember. To remember. Uh, so we have worship. Uh, we want to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, and that's what we're going to be talking about next week in Psalm 2. We want to worship the Son. Uh, secondly, we, everything that we do is built upon the Word, which is what we're seeing this morning. Uh, worship, Word, and then walk. Uh, how, how do we want to, to live? And as we study the Word, it's really easy to uh, just to read God's Word, like I said, and then, and then to, to forget about it. And kind of, uh, do you guys use to-do lists? You know, you check. It feels so good to check that little box, doesn't it? Uh, and what we don't want to get into is, hey, I just I read God's word and I'm done for the day. Uh, no, we want God's word to to transform us. Uh, we want to be that tree that that's planted, that's firmly rooted. We want to take what God says in His word and apply it to our lives. So that, that's the reality of our our walk. We want to become like Jesus, our Savior, rather than continuing to stay as we are. Uh, we're called to to follow Him. So we have word. Or worship, word, walk, and then uh, the fourth W would be witness. We want to go share with others their need for Christ. We want to share how uh, Christ has transformed our lives, how he's given us hope, how he's saved us uh, and forgiven our sins, and now we have peace with God because of what he has done. Uh, those are our big uh, four uh, core values that we want to base our ministry upon, of, of worship, word, walk, and witness. And we're going to kind of chip away at those throughout these next six weeks and talk about it. Uh, and we're going to do that in the Psalms. And uh, the reason I've chosen to do that from the Psalms is we're reading Psalms 1 through 35 over the next few weeks uh, in our growth groups. Uh, and what a growth group is, if you're unfamiliar with that, is uh, when when we gather on Sunday mornings, uh, how many how many people are talking right now? Just me, right? Uh, so there's there's a lot of things that can't take place in this Sunday morning gathering. Uh, you're not able to to meet with one another, to, to encourage one another, to pray for one another. Uh, you, you can't do that in this gathering as you can when you gather in a smaller group uh, in a home uh, and, and meet with, with others and, and be able to talk with them 
of, hey, you know what, this is where I need your prayer this week. This is where I need you to hold me accountable. Or to come and excitedly say, this is, this is what God is doing in my life and how he's been working. And I'm so excited just to see. Uh, and now suddenly this issue that I was having, it makes sense. Now I understand why that issue is taking place in my life. And I know uh, I have hope because now God is telling me how I need to address it. That's what we get to do uh, in our midweek growth group. So we get to come together as God's people and I guess to, to know others and be known by others because it's really easy to come on Sunday morning and to, to not talk to anybody. You can say hi, you can kind of keep it at a surface level, but to really have that relationship, it's kind of like we want to be in the forest and then start talking as trees. Hey, how's it going? You know, uh, and, and to be able to, to interact with one another in that way, and that's what builds us up. And uh, kind of that reality of uh, how, many, how many of you are familiar with the, the redwood trees uh, on the coast of Northern California? Okay. Uh, you may not realize it, but those trees grow really high, uh, and they grow, they grow close together. But what you don't see underground is that all of their roots uh, of those trees are interconnected. Now, all of the all of those trees uh, are connected to one another underground. You don't see that above the surface, but uh, you see that they're woven together and they're rooted. Not only are they rooted and built up, each individual tree, but they're rooted and built up and one tree holds another tree uh, and holds another tree and they all help each other to, to stand and to have and to be nourished and to, uh, to survive in that, you know, horrible northern california weather but southern california uh is so much better uh no i I say that jokingly but just that reality we should be like that we should we should be a a forest but not of individual trees but ones that are that are interwoven and interconnected Uh, and that's what we that's what we want to be about here at uh, ambassador Uh, and so uh, i i'm I'm so excited for for those of you that that are here and and able to to hear about that and uh there's much uh much to be done as we prepare for that but so thankful that, that we get to do that together as a united forest. We're like a moving forest and a growing forest. Uh, we get to do that together. And uh, would love just to, uh, to praise uh, the Lord for what we've uh, been able to do this morning. I love the, the singing uh, that we got to share uh, today and the time in God's word. And now we get to turn to, <clears throat> to the Lord in prayer. Uh, let's, let's go to him now. Gracious God, Lord, we come to you uh, with a desire to praise you, with a desire to thank you uh, and worship you for who you are and what you have done. You have given us life and breath and everything. We owe everything to you, Lord. Additionally, we thank you for your Son, Jesus, your chosen King whom you have sent. And you have sent your King to save us, to rescue us, but not from uh, a physical force, but from an invisible one, sin. You sent your Son to save us from ourselves and the hole that we had dug ourselves into because of our sinful rebellion against you. We thank you for his sacrificial death. We thank you for uh, his resurrection. Lord, as as we sang... Living, he loved us. Dying, he saved us. Buried, he carried our sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. And Lord, we now look forward to his coming one day. Lord, we are so thankful for this time together where you have allowed us to to worship you, 
to open up your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to build our lives, not upon our own wisdom, not upon the wisdom of the wicked and the wisdom of the world, but upon your word. Lord, help us to encourage one another in that so that we might stand before you in the judgment day, not because of what we have done, but because of what your Son, Jesus Christ, has accomplished for us. Lord, we, we thank you, we praise you, and we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.